So people ask me, what is your capital? My capital was a pair of jeans that I had. That's how you started. When I was 14 years old. The Alpha Talks podcast crafts you and your business into an alpha, not for the faint-hearted. I am Sefer Hakim, serial entrepreneur and your success mentor, founder of the Alpha Movement, and people call me the Alpha. And that's for a reason, of course. With 20 plus years of experience and eight figures portfolio of businesses, myself and the show guests will be striking thunder of top-notch listening in business and mindset. No bull, just first-class value, not like others. So join us now to become your own version of an alpha. Welcome back, Alphas, to a new inspiring episode of the Alpha Talks podcast. Today in the studio, I've got a very special Alpha for you today. Today, we have a true trailblazer with us, a Kuwaiti-American entrepreneur, founder and CEO of Forever Roses, and a standout celebrity and personality from the hit Netflix show, Dubai Bling. Our Alpha guest today has been on a remarkable journey, starting as a teenage entrepreneur at the age of 14, navigating the challenges of building businesses and eventually becoming a key player in the world of luxury. Born in Kuwait and raised in the vibrant city of Orlando, Florida, his story is a testament to resilience, creativity, and pursuit of excellence. From reselling on eBay to founding the El Samadi Group and leading it to 25% year-on-year growth, he's not only a successful businessman, but also a visionary behind Forever Roses, a brand that has redefined luxury in floral arrangements, and much, much more. In today's episode, we unravel the layers of his fascinating journey, touching on his early days, the inception and the global success of Forever Roses, and his experiences as one of the stars of Dubai Bling Netflix show. So get ready to be inspired as we welcome the man behind the blooms, the entrepreneur, and the blooming personality himself, Ibrahim El Samadi. Thank you, Ibrahim, for being with us today. It's a pleasure and it's an honor. Thank you for having me. How do you feel today? Why do you feel a little bit sad? Not sad, mm. uh, drained. <laughs> so we're drained uh, since we released the season two. So every, every time something, every time we have a new release. Congratulations for it. Thank you so much. And we become trending worldwide. We get these messages and emails yeah, and uh um, crazy and some uh, uh fans uh, stalk us and you know where we live or you know randomly True. because this this year they kind of like showed my house from outside so people start to figure out like where i live uh, oh so it's so crazy like my mom she has to call me in the middle of the night she's like bring this car it's outside it's yeah. been there for like an hour we don't know who it is so i'm like mom we live in dubai mm-hmm what what's the worst that can yeah happen? exactly exactly and don't worry let safety. them let them to try something yeah. i'll be ready for them <laughs> trust me i've been waiting for the day True. that i have to protect you <laughs> you know brahim i missed one thing in the introduction and i super very much respect your love care uh that you have for your mother so it's something really beyond anything that i can say so i highly respect that thank you you know i think everyone should have even more respect for their moms but for me my mom has been through so much, you know, she's, um, first of all, she was an orphan. Her father died when she was two. She lost her entire family because she decided to become Muslim. Wow. And a lot of things happened in her life. So I feel that the least I can do for her is be someone for her, be a support, a backbone, Sanad, something yeah. that she can rely on, someone that she can never worry about leaving her side. And that's why I said, when I get married, 
that one of the conditions of my marriage is that my wife has to accept my mom as being always with us because I would wow. never let my mom go to, you know, people put their mothers in convalescent homes and in True. hospitals, whatever. And I would never, I'd rather die before I see that. Wow. With super, very much respect. Ibrahim, I have a question that I opened the episode with is always, yeah. once we publish the episode, people will see the thumbnail. They will see the graphics. They will see the headline and they will think 100% is interesting. What can Ibrahim tell the people now that they should give us their time? What they will gain from this episode? Whatever comes to your mind. Positivity. I think in a world of uh, negative thinkers, we need more people who think positively. Positive. And know how to handle the world with all the challenges that come to us. Mm-hmm. When we wake up in the morning until we go to sleep at night, we are constantly making decisions. True. Knowing how to identify those decisions and make the right decision is very complex. So some people don't know how to handle it. And for me, alhamdulillah, so far, I'm able to handle it. So anything that I can help people to are techniques that can help people better their life, I think this podcast will be informative for them. So it's not just about gossip. It's also about improving their life and living life to the best of their ability. Uh, to all the audience, I had one of the best pre-recording uh, conversation <laughs> before <laughs> we start recording. So Rahim, let's start, start off a little bit from your early days. Yeah. Can you tell us who's Ibrahim from your perspective? If I like who's Ibrahim? I think the Ibrahim is a result of the world that we're living in, you know. Um from high school or even from before from from elementary, it started to mold my character. What a lot of people don't understand is that because I'm we co- they call us hybrids mm-hmm. because we're mixed, you know, half American, yeah. half Arab. We went through a lot, so we didn't get acceptance from the Arabic side. We didn't get acceptance from the American side. Mm. You know, going to school, having a different name, played a big role. Being the only Arab Muslim kid in the class was a very a tough one. Tough one because, as Muslims, we have certain requirements. You know, we don't eat pork. Yeah, and yeah. in America at that time, there wasn't there wasn't much Muslims in in the community that I was living in and the city I was living in. So, I had to go through that, and also because we were moving back and forth between Middle East and the U.S. My English wasn't as perfect and mm-hmm. my Arabic wasn't so was I, I, I always yeah. had an issue, especially with academics, because when we learned things in Arabic school is a lot different than in, in, in English school, True. American school. So that resulted to people bullying me, to harassing me, bothering me. So not always I want to bring my problems home to my parents. I, I want to take care of my own problems. Mm-hmm. You know, I didn't have a shoulder to cry on. I said, you know what, Brahim, you have to deal with this. You don't need your mom or your father to defend you. You have to be strong, you know? You so have from to... day one, you have this personality. Oh, yeah. Okay. So, like, you know, everything that happens now, I laugh about it mm-hmm. because it's like someone comes and makes a comment on Instagram and says something to me, and it's like, I heard that when I was four <laughs> years old. I'm like, could you come up yeah. with something more creative? I deserve better than yeah. that, you know? And they look at me like most of the people, they're like, he's crazy, like, like bullies, and this. They, they know that. Whatever they say doesn't affect me because yeah. they, they know that I've, I'm, I'm resilient to True. it, you know. But you, you have to know how to handle it. A lot of people, when they get hate or when they get comments or whatever, they feed into it, mm-hmm. you know. They give that person what they wanted. They want a reaction out of True. you, you know. So so funny. I remember talking to the Netflix team and they told me, they're like, Ibrahim, you have so many fans. But you also have people who hate you. Mm. But those people don't hate you. They hate to watch you, but they still watch you. Yeah, yeah. True. So I remember like I was the other day I was reading a tag on Instagram. Someone tagged me and it's just like, I don't hate anyone else more in the world more than I hate Ibrahim. No way. 
And I was like, what to myself? I'm like, what the hell did I do to you? You know? But it's it's for her to go on and to post and yes. to tag me. Mm-hmm. Takes an effort. She hates me, but she's obsessed. True. Yeah? True. And then the other day, just last night, and I randomly do this. So this one lady, she sent me a message, said, you're pathetic. So I looked at her DP, yeah. and I saw that she was overweight. So I said, you're fat. <laughs> a direct response. You say in yeah. Arabic, yeah. I'm You know, exactly. you knock the door. Yeah. Like, you call me, I'm not going to shut up. <laughs> True. But I just make an example of people sometimes. And then she goes immediately and says, sorry. She's like, I didn't watch the full show. I watched the end, and I realized, and this and that, blah, blah, blah. I'm sorry. I didn't mean it. And she's like, yeah, I am really fat, and it hurts me that I'm fat. So I started telling her how to lose weight no and how to help. We became friends. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. yeah but it, the thing is, is that the, the, the trick was on me because mm. that, that comment, no, that comment of hers was only to get my attention. Oh. So if you look at it, I always say this, like, for example, you look at, for example, messages in our, our comments. You have, let's say, 300 comments on a post, mm. right, on Instagram. And let's say 90% are positive and like 10% are negative. Their actual positive is actually a lot more than that. Yeah. But people who are positive, they make a like and they go. Exactly. Mm-hmm. It's only the people who want to try to put a negative comment is to get engagement mm-hmm. and to get your attention. Why? Because True. they are obsessed. True. Correct. They're obsessed. Mm. The people who wants to say positive things, it's a it's like, just like and for pass. example, like the movie um, Batman. Mm-hmm. People watch Batman. They love Batman, but they're obsessed with the Joker. Yeah, true. You know what I mean? Yeah. So true. people are the 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 different types of people that are in the world. It's crazy. You just have to know how to manage it true. and not let any of it get to you. For me, when someone makes a bad comment, I laugh because I say I got your attention. And you don't ignore it. You respond. Most ninety nine point nine percent I ignore. Oh, okay. Unless it's someone that is trying to spread their agenda. Oh, okay. Yeah, and then okay. I tell them I'm not interested in your agenda. Stop these comments because I don't like your kind. Mm, but you don't block people and no no no, no. no. I enjoy yeah. them I like the attention <laughs> I like the haters yeah I, no, I do <laughs> true, I, they, true, true. I, sometimes I go only looking for them they're supporters actually. yeah, yeah I love it supporters. I love it. it it brings up your engagement mm-hmm. rating Rahim you took responsibility on your shoulders from a very young age and I'm sure that a lot of our listeners don't know your journey Can you tell us about it? From age of 14, you started Pavi business. It's been a long journey. Yeah, I mean, I was kind of forced into it. So like I said, you know, Ibrahim has been molded into who he is today by the challenges of life. I didn't choose to be mixed. I didn't choose to live in America. I didn't choose for my parents to get divorced. Yeah. Something that life has put my way. So when my parents got divorced, my brothers stayed with my mom, with my dad. Because my dad, you know, obviously he's the breadwinner. And my mom was basically a housewife for 24 years. So I decided to go with my mom because she had no one with her. My brothers, they're older than me. They stayed with my dad because, you know, my dad buys them cars. And he's got to take care of them. And they live in a villa. And I decided to go with my mom because my mom was leaving with my little sister. My sister was seven years old. I was 14. So we moved. And my mom didn't want anything. She said, my dad, you keep the house. She left literally with her clothes and my clothes. Without any furniture. We lived in a studio apartment without any furniture. I'm not saying one bedroom studio. And I remember the next morning when we woke up staying that first night in the studio, I saw my mom a very different happiness. And it's at that point when I realized that money does not buy happiness yeah. because my mom had everything, but she wasn't happy. She was miserable because she wasn't happy with being with my dad. And saw her so happy. And I'm like, Mom, like, are you okay? I thought she was gonna become yeah. crazy. She's like, But I am like, I have myself now. I don't have to be with someone I want to be with. 
I'm like, damn, like, really? She doesn't care. Like, I'm, my mom's crazy. She's not normal that she left all this and she's still happy. But then I realized that most important is that you have yourself. And then she told me, like, Ibrahim, you have too much clothes and you don't need all that clothes. And if you don't wear that clothes in one year, then then no, you're going to be in judgment day. God is going to punish you for that. Allah is going to punish you. You're going to have that on your back because you could have gave it to poor people. So I said, okay, some stuff I gave to the poor and some other things I said, this is still new. I can sell it and take the money for it and buy you something, you know? And I start, I had a pair of jeans. It still had the tag on it. I bought it for $10 and from Marshall's off-season clothing shop in America. And I sold it for 20 So I was like shocked. I'm like, wait, I have to take off the tag because if they're going to get it and mm -hmm. they bought it, I bought it for 20 <laughs> I bought it for 10 and they're buying it for 20 So I took off the tag and I sent it. I, I delivered it and I told my mom, like, listen, um, I'm going to go back to the shop and buy two more jeans. Mm -hmm. So the $20 became 40 and 40 became 80 80 became 160 And that is the beginning of my business. And that's the capital I started with until this day. Wow. No loan, no business partner. On eBay? In, no, from eBay until today. So people ask me, what is your capital? My capital was a pair of jeans that I had. That's how you started. When I was 14 years old. Wow. And what was next? After that, I, I started going back to the shop and buying more and more and buying oh, okay. bigger amounts, bigger mm -hmm. amounts, growing. I was selling like 20, 30 items a day. And then my mom, she was like, this kid is like a machine. I was just like, <laughs> you know, I was like, what are you doing? I raised him well. Yeah. And every time I would get money, I would put it in my mom's purse. And my mom, she was like, Ibrahim, what are so you, you doing? So you give it, you put it in the purse, not give it to her. No, because I, yeah. I felt like giving it her is like yeah. belittling mm -hmm. her, you know? Until today, I don't hand my mom money. I, I find a way to give it to mm -hmm. her, you know? Um, for the past few years, we mm -hmm. just put in her bank account yeah. like as a salary. Like, yeah. You know, she has, a, mm -hmm. she has her right, yeah. you know? Um, so after that, you know what? I need to raise more capital because I actually want to open my company. So I decided to work. So I worked as a lifeguard when I was uh, 15 and a half, 16 years old. And I worked also as a cashier. I had two jobs. I was working mm -hmm. about 80 hours a week. That's with school, universities and stuff? So basically, I had to get, in America and Florida, we have something called the child labor law, yeah. which only allows us to work 20 hours a week if we're less than mm -hmm. uh, 18 years old. So what I did is I had to write a letter to the senator and asking him if I can bypass that law, child labor law, in order for me to work more hours for my family. So they didn't. You were so predetermined. To I was. I was. I was determined. Yeah. I still have that letter. Yeah. Well. So I kept everything that I tell you now. Yeah. There's documents. So there's document of the first product I sold, with the item number wow. and everything, with the customers' feedback, that gave me a feedback that they liked those jeans. Oof. So I have mm -hmm. all this documented. I kept them to me to to always remember. humble myself and yeah. to remember where I started. And um, so the senator said that. Uh, I can I, with the condition of me completing my high school. Mm -hmm. So I went and I said, I need to be tested for my SATs, which is basically the, the test you need to do to finish your high school diploma yeah. in the States. And I did, and I passed the first try, which is really good. Yeah. And I got my high school diploma at the age of 16. Yes, that is not easy. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I gave my high school, I got my, I got my high school diploma. I sent it to the senator. Senator approved my child labor law to be removed. And I was able to work 80 hours a week. So I, I slaved myself. I busted my ass. But a question, that was really because you was because of your mother? I wanted my mom to live the life that she lived with my dad before she died. Mm -hmm. I believe that she deserved. So you with, did everything possible. With her, her, like, losing her family, for her family, like, 
I just, I wanted my mom to be happy. Yeah. You know, I'm a person that if anyone around me is affected, I'm affected. Mm -hmm. I feel what people feel. You, if you right now start crying, I'll cry mm -hmm. with you. And I don't know what you're crying yeah. about. You know, <laughs> it's just, just me, yeah. you know? And so I wanted my mom to be, I wanted her to be mm -hmm. okay, you know? And I remember I bought her a car later on after that. And then she got remarried. And then I was like, you know. But you had an incident in a shop. You, were, you used to work in a shop. Yeah. And you were in a leather. And you, you were risking your life. Yeah. So basically, yeah. that was uh, the gift shop that I was working mm -hmm. at. And anything I do in life, even at a young age, I like to perfect it. Yeah. I don't like to do something half-assed. Mm -hmm. I like to make sure that I'm, I do the best I possibly can. And I realized, like, you know, if I'm there for eight hours, I might as well make the best of it. Yeah. I might as well do something that hasn't been done before. And I realized that, you know, changing the displays and making a vibe mm -hmm. and fixing things and replacing things and moving things and seeing the customer's behavior purchasing. First of all, I will learn because mm -hmm. I was there to learn, yeah. not just to make money. Sure. I was there to learn, save money, get experience and do my own business. Yeah. So, and I know I was only, I knew I was only going to work for a temporary time. I knew mm -hmm. I was only going to work for like six months or a year or something, work hard and make the money and then open the business. So I started experience, uh, experimenting and I was on a ladder because the shop that I was working at was a gift shop that had double height yeah. ceilings. So I was changing the display and the owner's wife walked in. I didn't know who she mm -hmm. was. And the owner's wife walked in and she says to me, Excuse me, excuse me. And I looked down. She's like, please come down safely. Came down. And she was like, who are you? I was like, Ibrahim. She was like, how old are you? I'm like, 16. She's like, how long have you been working here? I'm like, two months. She said, come to the office. I'm like, oh shit, what did I do? <laughs> what did I do wrong? <laughs> and I just felt like I was in school again, you know, like mm -hmm. back in middle school. And she said, where have you been working in the shop? I said, like, I worked in luggage. I was in the luggage sales has increased by 20% in the shop because of me taking the empty luggage and filling them. So Ooh. that way the customer, because we're in Orlando, yeah. it's all tourists. Mm -hmm. So tourists would see the bag full and they realize that, okay, that bag is so big, I can fit everything in it. It's only $40, I'll buy it. But before it was where I came, it was just the employees would, would because they're just getting their salary, mm -hmm. they don't care. True. And they know they're going to be stuck in that job forever. So they just don't care. They just throw no, it and leave. The extra, and for me, yeah. I need to learn because I'm there for yeah. a learning period. So I need to know if I fill that, am I going to be able to sell mm -hmm. it? You know, first for me, second for the company, yeah. they're going to make money. So she was like, sales has increased. And when we investigated, we realized, we asked the manager, the manager said that, you know, she has focused more on that department, which she hasn't. She didn't want to give the credit to me because mm -hmm. okay. I was 16 years old and she wanted the credit for yeah. herself. But subhanAllah, God works in mysterious yeah. ways. It was just that day that she saw me doing it, that she realized that it wasn't the manager mm -hmm. because she said the manager has been here for 10 years. Nothing has, mm, why now? Yeah. So she went to the shop to figure out why. And she, when she saw me, that's when she told me. So she's like, what about if you take those? She's like, what if you work in all the locations? Because they had like 20 shops mm -hmm. or 25 shops. I can't remember. It's some of them yeah. they sold, whatever. And I said, so what do you mean? She's like, basically, you work in corporate office and you report to me, the owner's wife. Mm -hmm. And you do the same thing you did in this shop and other shops. I told her, so how am I going to get to shop by shop? She's like, by your car. I was like, so you have to pay for my car? <laughs> she looked at me. She's like, 16? <laughs> Are you sure? <laughs> I was like, plus, I need more money. I was like, why? I was like, because 
I'm driving from place to place. You're giving me more responsibility. You guys are making money from this. Give me money. Negotiation. He said, how much you want? I, I think at that time, my salary was like $8.50 an mm-hmm. hour. I'm like $16. I know she's going to yeah. you know, yeah. laugh. And she's like, okay, I'll give you 12 to 14. <laughs> so it was back and forth. Yeah. So um, that worked. And I was so happy because um, I was working with the, she's also the buyer. Yeah. So I'm going to start to learn how to buy products. True. So she taught me that in Los Angeles is where they have the wholesale market, which I didn't know. Mm-hmm. Before. Yeah. You know? There wasn't, you can't Google those things back then. You know, those information wasn't in chat. GPT. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, so I'm like, wow, this is, you know, subhanAllah, I had the intention of doing something good and look what it led to. True. So that was that. What? The first amount of money you made. The first what? Amount of money. Reasonable amount of money. What the did first you do amount that it? I gathered was yeah. $25,000. And what did the, you the small amounts like here and there, I would yeah. just give it to my mom later. But mm-hmm. I gathered twenty five thousand to open the company. What was the first one? So the first company I opened, actual company brand, mm-hmm. I had to open on my mom's name because I was underage. Yeah, was a brand called Wheelies. Okay. And basically, it was those shoes that had one wheel that you would pop and you would skate. Ah, okay, got it. Yeah, it was trending mm, yeah. back then. And I opened nine locations. So basically, what happened is nine retail locations. Yeah. So I was seventeen years old, and my dad opened the business for my brothers okay. in the mall selling jewelry. Mm-hmm. Our neighbors was a brand called Journeys, mm-hmm. which sold shoes. Yeah. And the manager would come out and talk because we had kiosks. So mm-hmm. in the center of the mall, they'd come yeah. and talk to my brothers. And they told me once, they're like, bro, they're like, there's this thing for Christmas that mothers cannot get a hold of. It's basically a shoe, a wheel, $80. We cannot get stock. And I was like, wait, come on. I can, I can go to Los Angeles and get it you True. Know, to, the, to the market there. And he told me, bro, if you can't do it, you know, because we don't have and we have a waiting list. So I identified the, the, the opportunity. opportunity. I called the manufacturer of the, of the brand. They said, no, we're not going to sell to you. You're 16 years old, 17 years old, like your kid, basically, mm-hmm. because they knew I was a kid just by my voice, you know? And um, I said, okay, no problem. So I went to Los Angeles and I was searching for four hours to find those suppliers. shoes, the suppliers. I didn't find a supplier, but I found a kid using one of the shoes. <laughs> so I grabbed him. From where did he was a little chubby kid, too. I was like, come, 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 come. come, come. And I was like, first, my first lead in four hours, you're not getting out of my sight. I said, where'd you buy the shoes from? He's like, oh, the shop down the street, right there on the left or right. I told him, great. I said, take me there. Why? Because if I went by his directions and I, and I didn't find it, I lost my first lead in four hours. I'm not going to find anything. Yeah. If I pay him $20, you get sure that you get the yeah. place. I reached the place and the owner told me that the shoes was purchased from a distributor that they're in the same building. I went upstairs and I found the distributor and it was a lady, uh, Egyptian lady. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And she, she said, uh, we spoke Arabic. So she told me, why you want these shoes? And I was like, I need them. She was like, I will give it to you at cost price. I don't want them. Why? Because in America, mm-hmm. trends work by coast. So East Coast and West Coast is different. Oh, okay. So the trend was in Florida. The supply was in LA, ah, but people mm. weren't interested in LA. So the shoes spread spreads like wildfire. How? In Florida, one kid wants it, then the other kid wants it, mm-hmm. then the other kid wants it. The whole school wants it. But the kids in, in, in LA have not got it yet. We're talking about in 2007 and 8 yeah. when there was no social media. Mm-hmm. 
nobody sees for those what's kids on the other side. Yeah. no one knows what's happening yeah. on their side it literally has to take time for one school to get to the other school it's like a chain effect yeah. it's it that's what they call it like wildfire wow. true so it reached to la because la is next to china mm-hmm. manufactured in china reaches to la before it starts being distributed to the to the other states mm-hmm. but it was it's the the trend started in florida so i took the entire stock and i went back so i went to the one of the the malls that i was going to open called ggp which is general growth properties mm-hmm. which is the competitor of simon properties which mm-hmm. is very equivalent to the uae what we have imar yeah. or eldar mm-hmm. i went to a meeting and they looked at me like 16 yeah, like you want milk you want cookies like what do you want <laughs> i told them listen i want a location in this mall and, and the rate the way that they rate malls in america is by letter so the best mall mm-hmm. they call it a class mall. okay then the less one is b mm-hmm. and then c is like community center oh okay so they that's how they rate mm-hmm. this you cannot be in an a class mall unless you open in b class or c class because everyone wants to be in a class. Uh, okay Mm-hmm. So for them to the lease, chain. no, for them to lease the other properties, they say you can take one here, but you have to take one there. Ah, okay. So they can mm-hmm. make sure that, like, let's say Imar say I'll give you Dubai Mall, but you have to open an Emirates Hills Emirate. Mall, mm-hmm. for example. Yeah. Yeah. So what they did is, they told me you have to open nine locations. So for them, it, it was a, it was a bad deal on my part, mm-hmm. but they didn't know how hot my product yeah. was. I knew. Mm-hmm. So I told them I played their game. I said, okay, I'll do it. One condition. I open one shop every month. Okay. Uh-huh. But you need to give me the A class mall first because I need to make money. Mm-hmm. So they gave me, and we had a, within nine months, nine locations was going to be open. So one location will open the other one. So the, literally, when I put the the shoes on the kiosk the same day, I put I put the shoes on. I had a line of customers. No way. It was right before Christmas. I bought the shoes with seven dollars, and I sold it for eighty nine dollars. There's no food cost. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There's no storage cost. Mm-hmm. The kiosk, $5,000 a month, which is about 20,000 mm-hmm. dirhams. But I'll make that in one day. The other days are profit. And I had no employee that Whoa. time. It was just me. Wow. So I'm like, shit. So I'm sitting there, going to the work. I'm coming back. I'm bringing money, money. Mom, she was like, what's happening? Are you selling drugs? <laughs> what's happening? <laughs> I'm selling these shoes. <laughs> halal, halal, halal. I says, mom, wallah, it's halal. <laughs> She's like, Allah, you want to She's looking at the money. She's like, I don't know. So the money that I was making was in shoe boxes. Yeah. So I said, mom, I said, mom, don't touch my <laughs> stuff because some of the shoes have shoes, shoes and some of them have money. <laughs> she just kept praying for me every time she would see me. Every time, I would, every time I would open the door, she'd start praying. Because what I did is, I was like, shit, I need employees. Mm-hmm. I would go hire people. They're like, we're going to work for you? <laughs> 16, 17, yeah. <laughs> I, had to, like, I had to go wear glasses to look like I was older. Older. Shana be matala. I had I'll shave it to grow. <laughs> <laughs> so then I started. I said, you know what? The only people who trust me is my friends. Yeah. So I start calling my friends. I had like a lot of Persian mm. friends. So I called my friend. I'm like, where are you? She's like, I'm at work. I'm like, leave. I'm like, why? She's like, I got a business. She's like, you're joking. She's like, I'm like, how much are you going to pay? I'm like, how much are you going to pay? She's like, $8. I said, like, I'll give you 10 So I hired all my friends. So we literally, like, little by little started to, I would have the person work there all day. Open the clothes. No law. I didn't care about any law. I'm uh, like, we need to make money. Yeah. So what I would do is they would work open the clothes. The I only person locations. I trust was myself with the money. So what I did is the locations was, we call it like, we have this street in America and it's called the Florida Turnpike, mm-hmm. which basically connects all the cities. 
the, the, the malls were in different cities from starting from Sanford, which is on Ooh, top of Orlando, yeah. all the way down to Miami. Ooh, Miami is four yeah. hours from Orlando. Mm-hmm. That's what I would do. Miami, I would go twice a week. Take money, give them stock. The rest of the locations was daily because they're so busy. So I would start from the morning. I would put the products, take the money, put the products, take the money. I was so tired some days that I would literally have to pull over and sleep in the car. But I was determined to succeed. But they're really impressive. I didn't know this story. Yeah. I still do this today. When I'm tired, I pull over. I Done. And so now- if you guys see me on <laughs> Sheikh Zayed Road Park, <laughs> sleeping, leave me alone. I need some rest. Because my dad taught me, don't sleep when you're tired. Mm-hmm. And sometimes I really have to go like, I have drivers. Yeah. I have, we have 15 drivers in the company. Yeah. yeah? But, yeah, I like to take yeah, charge exactly. of myself. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm like, I can, I can handle True. this. True. If I pull over for 10 minutes, I take a nap in the car. What's the problem? True. Who I have to impress? <sighs> you know? Then what happened? So uh, it was a trend. Mm-hmm. So the trend died out, sold the business. And then I opened another business, um, which is also a trend, but it wasn't as good. Mm-hmm. And um, I started with corporate, which is uh, T-Mobile authorized dealerships, oh, okay. which is like kind of like doing it a lot. So I wanted to go with corporate life. That was then uh, 2008, 2009. And then in 2009, I said, I want to come to the Middle East. So I came, made a visibility study. Why? I wanted a challenge. I really wanted a challenge. And I felt that it wasn't no longer fair for me to live in America <laughs> because <laughs> I could live a normal life, but my family couldn't. What I mean by that is that when I walk in the streets, when I go anywhere in America, people look at me, he's Spanish, uh, okay. he's American, mm-hmm. whatever. They don't look at me as an Arab Muslim. I can blend in. Yeah. A million. Mm-hmm. But unfortunately, my mom and my sisters, because of them having to wear hijab, yeah. they always were at people's target. Mm-hmm. So in America, because you have your freedom, you can say whatever you want. So basically, mm-hmm. my mom will be in line in a mm-hmm. shop, minding her own business. Someone comes up to her and says, go bomb your own country. And my mom, she looked at them and she's like, where do you think I'm from? She's like, we don't know. Osama Bin Laden's wife, blah, blah, blah. My mom, she's like, Habibti, I'm American. Then why are you wearing that shit on your head? So this was a daily occurrence. Mm-hmm. So I'll be at home. My mom comes in and I know someone bothered her. I just know from her yeah. face. And I just... Couldn't take it. I couldn't take it anymore. Like I literally wanted to go chase that person down and smash their mm-hmm. face in the... In the what did my mom do to you for you to bother her? So that's why you decided to... So I said, let me go. Why should we struggle to fit in in a society that doesn't even want yeah. us? Yeah. Mm-hmm. They don't want us. True. Let's be honest. Yeah. They're all, most of them are Islamophobic and they, they judge us. And it's like, I'm American citizen, even till today, okay, American passport. Mm-hmm. I love the US, but I don't agree with its policy. Bam. And I always say, ah, my government doesn't represent me and I don't represent my government. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I came to Dubai by myself. Why was Dubai? So I made yeah. the visibility study. Over the region. I went to Kuwait, Qatar, uh, okay. Saudi. Saudi was very much premature yeah. then. Now they're, mashallah, True. mashallah, they've developed so yeah. much. I'm so proud of them. But I said, I knew I was going to be in Saudi. I knew I was going to be in Qatar. I knew I was going to be it's in Kuwait, happening. Bahrain. I knew I was going to end up there. But I said, I needed a hub. Mm-hmm. And at that point, the most strategic decision in 2009 was a hub in Dubai. Why? Because of Jabal Ali. Oh. Mm-hmm. Every GCC yeah. country yeah. has a plus and minus. I can even make money in Egypt. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I said I need to have a hub, and the hub was based on the amount of flights that was available mm-hmm. and the amount of options when it comes to logistics. Yeah. Jabal Ali was the best yeah. port, so I decided to buy. And 
shortly after, four years after, I expanded to Qatar, Kuwait, Saudi. You came to Dubai with the first business that you, I'm talking into business, business, yeah, not the yet first, Dubai brand, yeah, the but first, the first The first, first business I came to Dubai, I remember I went to, um, I came to Dubai with no business. Mm-hmm. I came to open my company. I didn't care what it was. I wanted to open a company. And I went to visit the malls and no malls would give me opportunities. Doors was closed left and right. They were like, I went to the mall of the Emirates. They're like, they laughed at me. They're like, you really think you can get a location here? Who are you? Uh, to that extent. To who are you? They're like, into mean. Like, you get a location, you need to have a last name. Yeah. Someone that yeah. is known in the market. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I said, okay. I said, I'm going to build for my family, Al Samadi. Yeah. We are a huge tribe and we are all over the Middle East. Yeah. Kuwait, Qatar, uh, Saudi Arabia, Jordan, mm-hmm. Palestine. Morocco, our tribe is huge. Orig- origins come from Mecca. Mm-hmm. We are from the Prophet's family, oh. Al-Bay. So we are a huge family, huge tribe. Um, but I don't think, I think a couple of our family used our last name for sweets. So there's a famous uh, Al-Samari sweets. Exactly. Yeah? Correct, correct. There's a Lebanese yeah, family that true, has it. And true. there's a, I think, Palestinian family that has it. True. So and it's I, very famous, actually. Yeah. yeah. So I was, whenever I go to DED and I say Al-Samari, they're like, oh, the sweets? Sweet, I yeah, says no. True. I'm sweet, but I'm not selling sweets. <laughs> you know? But I said, I, wanna, I want the name to be built. So I called the company Al Samari. And now you cannot have that. Like, DD won't accept to mm-hmm. use a last name. You have to use three names. You have ah, to be like okay. Ibrahim Al Samari, mm-hmm. you know, your father's name. Yeah. So I started that company and I said, okay, what does the mall is missing? So I went to the mall and checked what they're missing. I said, they don't have hair care. So in America, there was a lot of brands that had the, you know, the, the schwa. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I was the first one to bring that to Dubai. No way. You mean the hair dryer? The, the hair, the, 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 the straightener. Under straightener. Oh, okay. You know when you go ah, to the mall, yeah. they do this? I was the first one to start and I was the first one to stop. <laughs> Why? Because it became saturated. Mm-hmm. So I started it. I bring an American brand. Uh, it's called Amica. They mm-hmm. sell it. I was the exclusive distributor. Then I had my own brand called Juicy. Mm-hmm. Then I start selling on Citrus TV, which is the, yeah, uh, the, the, TVs. Yeah, the NBC's yeah. TV thing. And then I said, let's go more complicated and let's go into luxury. And I started Forever Rose myself. So Forever Rose, how did you come to this idea? So, subhanAllah, everything leads up to something. And one of the things that I said is I need to go to trade shows. So even though I had the hair care brand, I was an exclusive agent. I wanted to go to trade shows because that's where you identify business. Yeah. Yeah. As retail. And other things mm-hmm. too. You have like trade shows for oil and gas, True. for real estate. Electronics. Yeah. And, yeah. So I went to Hong Kong for a jewelry show because my, my parents have a jewelry background. Mm-hmm. My brothers used to create handcrafted jewelry. So I went to Hong Kong. In that time... Dubai just was launching their first flight to Hong Kong with the A380. Mm-hmm. And this is what I was telling at the beginning to your uh, listeners about being positive, mm-hmm. about doing the right thing, yeah. about making the right choices, and how things lead you in the right direction when you do good, yeah. when you have a clean intention. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we got on the flight. It was the first flight from, A- from Emirates A380 to go to Hong Kong via Dubai. And we got on, and I sat next to this lady who spoke no English, mm-hmm. but we were talking with like hand gestures, hand body gestures, language. and that she was Brazilian, mm-hmm. and she came to du- she came to Dubai uh, transit to go to Hong Kong mm-hmm. for the trade. So uh, the the flight had an issue with the electronics because they didn't know how to use it. You know, it's a new flight, mm-hmm. so they deboarded us. When they deboarded us, because the flight's so big, no way, uh-huh. the no one knew where to go because you have four or five hundred uh, passengers. True, true. They spread. So the lady. She was lost. And I knew where we were supposed to go because they told us to go to one of the lounges mm-hmm. so they can keep us until... So I helped her. I'm like, come with me. Yeah, her, but she was lost. Yeah. 
So she was so happy that, you know, I, 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 I helped her mm -hmm. and I was accommodating and treating her like my mom. Mm -hmm. She's an older lady. And then she told me like that she's going to Hong Kong to the show I was going to. But the real show is actually in China, in Guangzhou, called mm -hmm. the Canton Fair. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah, sure. Mm -hmm. I didn't know about that. Mm -hmm. And I'm telling you, like those days, there wasn't much sure. online, you know, mm -hmm. you can't really find yeah. these things. It wasn't that easy. So I told her, so why Hong Kong? There's like Hong Kong has days when the Canton Fair is changing its phase yeah, yeah. because there's three phases mm -hmm. then people go off they go off to hong kong mm -hmm. and to shanghai mm -hmm. so i was like okay so what's the name i took it i took it took it and i figured it out and i said okay let's go so i went to hong kong i went to Guangzhou, and then i went to shanghai so in shanghai i found a shop that was in a very luxurious mall that had a flower that was like beautiful so i took a picture put on instagram uh -huh. all my friends this is when instagram first started yeah. in 2011 12. Mm -hmm. So I, all my friends were like, we want that flower. So I go back to the shop the next day and I was mm -hmm. like, I want to buy the flower. I took three or four flowers and my bill was like $400. Mm -hmm. In China, $400 is a lot of money. Yeah, yeah, true. And they told me, oh, this flower doesn't die. So I said, okay. So took the flower and I start getting more messages. They want it, they want it. I'm like, Yahi, Ibrahim, you're coming for us <laughs> flowers? Yeah. So then I researched about it, found the company in London that had forever roses, started to meet them. I bought the company. Okay. Oh, really? Yeah. I bought the company, technology, everything. And then I bring it to Abu Dhabi. Oof. And you say, why not Dubai? Yeah. Because everyone started in Dubai. Oh, true. I focused mm. on Abu Dhabi. So I opened and immediately when I opened Abu Dhabi, I got all the VIP. All the royal family was purchasing mm. from me, big people. And I remember like building the brand. I was training my employees and most of my employees were senior florists. Yeah. And they know that I had no idea about flowers mm -hmm. because I entered in a whole different way. And... Remember the first day that we opened, there was no customers and my employees were like looking at me like we've been following him for two months, him telling us about things and now there's no customers. I told them your salaries, you're getting your salary, yeah, right? Yeah. Tell us. Mm -hmm. Let me handle this. And surely all my employees saw that one customer bring two customers. Mm -hmm. So one would buy the product, two would come because of that. And it really yeah. spread again like wildfire. So the second trend in my life, first trend was the shoes. Yeah. Second trend is the flowers. So but now, because everyone is copying, True. it's become like, yeah, I'm everybody. tired of looking at it. Yeah. You know, anytime I see a fake one, yeah. I get annoyed. But I started this trend. So, in, sorry, three trends. First was the, the, the straighteners. Yeah. No, the, the shoes, straighteners, and then this. So I started three trends that now, even till today, people are selling. Even the whole eBay thing, mm -hmm. people weren't doing that. Yeah. I discovered that. Mm -hmm. Now people are doing it. People until today True. are doing drop shipping on yeah. Amazon. Mm -hmm. I started that eBay. 20 years ago. Yeah. So I said, okay, I'm good at identifying trends. Looks like, yeah. Yeah. But I said, now I want something else. Then how did you diversify to a cafe, then to a wood? So the cafe, yeah. so the, the, from the flower shop yeah. from day one was fragrance, had fragrance in it. Oh, I wanted one. Yeah, I wanted, okay. I wanted to have fragrance, jewelry, and chocolate. Okay. It's a part of the boutique. Mm -hmm. But the, um, the cafe was happened in 2020, mm -hmm. January, three months before COVID. Yeah. So what happened with that is that I was in London because I traveled yeah. a lot. And uh, Fendi had a cafe pop up in Harrods. Okay. And I took a picture there again. Mm -hmm. And my friends were like, where is this? Well. And I'm like, it's in Harrods. They went there and like, it's not there anymore because it was a pop up. It was only for three uh -huh. months. So all my friends like, no, my lehagna, they were upset. Yeah. I said, you know what? I have an idea. I'm going to make the same cafe, better design, and use it with my, my brand. More or less the same concept. 
which is black and yeah. white illustrated. Mm-hmm. So I did that. I called my landlord in Abu Dhabi, Galleria Mall. And I mm-hmm. said, I need a location. They said, you need to give, you need to give us a presentation. We visited this place. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, um, I don't have a presentation. Yeah. They're like, uh, we need a presentation. I'm like, do you, do you think I'm going to bring you something bad? They're like, okay, bring, we'll get your location. Let's make the presentation. I said, mm-hmm. okay, done. So I opened that location in three months. Fit out, design, Ooh. concept, everything. <laughs> wow. How many locations do you have overall now? Forever Rose, now yeah. we have three restaurants. We have two in Abu Dhabi, one in Dubai. What about your expansion in other regions? That's the thing. Yeah. I was I wanted to bring a company on board as Franchise? an investor. investor ah, okay. Someone to invest mm-hmm. in the company. So that way, eventually, I can guide them and give them. Ah, okay. Mm-hmm. So it's like basically, see, I can sell the company today. Mm-hmm. I can sell it. Yeah. I can have an exit. Yeah. But I want the company to live beyond my, beyond me because I it's my legacy. True. So even though I'm selling it, I want it to continue to succeed. So therefore, I want the investor to come and then we do the business plan to expand it internationally because there's such a good potential because everyone knows it now from Dubai Blink. True. True. Because of Dubai Blink, everyone Everybody knows the brand. It. You know. So I said it can be in in let's say Paris Airport. It can be in yeah. London. It could be everywhere True. because people are gonna say, oh, that's the cafe. So, that's Ibrahim's cafe. True. They're gonna go. It in. has a name. Yeah. If somebody's watching us and he or wants to open cafes, restaurants, what is the biggest challenge that you pass through? Consistency. Consistency. And hands-on, right? It's not a business that it's, you can... It's very much hands-on. And the reason why I say consistency is that, you know, today you have a coffee bean supplier mm-hmm. and he's producing... Uh, even certain... consistency in quality. Yeah. Ah, okay. Mm-hmm. So today you have a coffee bean supplier. He produces something. You know, why is McDonald's so successful? Or was yeah. quite a boycott mm-hmm. because they have mastered the concept of consistency. You look at the menu, you know what it tastes yeah. like. It never changes mm-hmm. from city to city. True. So with that, it's very difficult to do that because you have many products. Employees are 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 known to do errors. Mm-hmm. One mistake in the ingredient, the recipe is no That's longer done. valid. So consistency is a big. Part. What's the best thing on your menu? You love. Besides shakshuka, right? Because you, you love breakfast. I'm obsessed with shakshuka. <laughs> Honestly, any shakshuka I have in the world cannot compete with ours. Yeah. And I'm not just saying because everyone yeah. says this. Mm-hmm. Um, shakshuka, the milk cakes, the French toast, and the coffee. Perfect. Let's move a little bit to Blink. How did this thing appear? So I watched reality TV all my life in mm-hmm. America. It was what I used to be entertained by. I hate it. Hey. I, I say reality TV is trash TV. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I never imagined in a million years for it to be honest. Here I am. <laughs> so what happened was, like I said, I don't close doors on anyone. I always leave room mm-hmm. for opportunities. So I was called by my best friend, one of my good friends, yeah. Nina Ali. Mm-hmm. She's on The Real Housewives. And she was casted for the Bling, But she decided to go with Housewives because she felt it was more suitable for her, which she, re- I believe, now regretted because the Bling is yeah. such a good success internationally. And it's a much better brand than mm-hmm. Housewives. Much so she, t- they asked her, they need a business plan for the show. Mm-hmm. So these, how these shows work is that they have to connect people. You have to know the group. You can't just True. go film with yeah, someone you exactly. don't know them. So she said, you know, I know my business. I know my husband is a businessman. I know Ibrahim. Mm-hmm. I was so honored because Nina knows so many businessmen. Yeah. But for her, she might know them, but she might not think that they're ethical. She might mm-hmm. not think that Trust. it's, yeah, it's worth, worth it. her giving her name for it. Behind, she gave true. me her name which means the world. Yeah. So they called me and uh, they didn't tell me that it's a reality show. They told me it's a show about successful businessmen 
So I was thinking it was something like, you know, documentary, right? documentary into my life. I said, wow, you know, I can get my story yeah. across in a very nice way. I can benefit people, can listen to me yeah. because I believe my story is inspiring. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm not a person True. who took money from his father yeah. to open his business. I'm not a person who took a loan from a bank to open his business. Yeah. I started from zero. True. I suffered. Yeah. So I said, you know what? I told her, uh, I told him, okay, I'm interested. So we talked, we discussed a few meetings. Then we start, we, we go to the, our contracts at Dubai Life. So I said, okay, mm-hmm. Dubai Life is a business life, yeah. no problem. Then we start filming. He was like, wait, this is Dubai Blink. Hold on. Even before filming, you didn't, oh, I didn't know who was the cast. I didn't know nothing. No way. And you have to sign a non-disclosure mm-hmm. agreement. So you can't tell people that That's you're on a show. Yeah. So that way you don't know who else is on the show. Oh my God. So I said, okay, khalas, it happened. I said, let me, as a businessman, I, I love, I love, the production company, different mm-hmm. productions, such amazing. Yeah. The owner, uh, Mazen, is an amazing person. I said, he's a businessman and I'm a businessman and I know what it takes for you to have to run organizations difficult. So I said, I'm going to do everything I can in my power to make it as smooth as possible. Mm-hmm. So I was very, I was on time when it comes to filming. I was uh, cooperative with everything that needs to be done. Um, I tried my best to be the best person. I tried my best to show who I am mm-hmm. on the show without, you know, pretending to be someone that I'm not, um, uh, because it was important for me that for me to stick to my true values mm-hmm. and to strict to reality, even though that in time to time drama was needed yeah. because at the end of the day, it's not a bank commercial. It's true. It's not a happy go lucky, happy ever after. We need to have some type of drama. Yeah. And I bring it. How is your mother feedback on it? My mom, so they asked my they asked me, they said, Is your mom willing to be on the show? Yeah. And I thought about it. Immediately in my brain I said, No way. <laughs> because my friends didn't even see my yeah. mom. My mom was never on social media. No, really. Yeah. So for us and my family, we have yeah. it's Aib. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. No one yeah. like my friends don't even know my mom's name. Yeah. My friends don't even know my wife my wife's name, yeah. my sister's name. In the Middle East, we don't disclose the woman in our True. family. We don't Publicly, yeah. Publicly. So I said, you know what? My mom is at that age where she wants to enjoy her life mm-hmm. and she wants to, you know, do what she wants yeah. to do. So I said to myself, it's not a question for me, it's question for, for her. her. So I asked her, do you want to be on the show? She looked at me and she smiled. She said, you know what, Ibrahim? I want to do anything with you. Ooh. Because I get to see you. Yeah. So I'm like, halal, huh? Like, khalas, done. <laughs> done. Wow. How do you see the feedback of people after season one and how did you take it? You've been so, on social media. Of yeah. Course. So I think in season one, kind of in two, they kind of made me seem like the villain mm-hmm. in a way, like, you know, making problems, blah, blah, blah. And see, we film a lot. Yeah. A lot of things is cut. They can easily make me look good or True. bad, you know? I think that was their in their plan. Mm-hmm. But to spice it up. To spice it up. But they say that you plan Allah plans better. Mm-hmm. And what Allah's plan was for me was because I was genuine and I was good to my mom, people loved me for that. Mm-hmm, true. So I got away with I got away anything I did like bad. They're like, no, no, he's a good to his mom. So he's a good guy, mm-hmm. you know. True. So from that, I have so many fans and people look up to me and mothers call me. And she was like, mm-hmm. I only let my kid follow you because of how you are yeah, to your mom. True. And that's empowering. For true. Me. That's beautiful. True, true, true. Yeah. How do you carry negative or how do you react to the negative effects? That. So negative negativity is like cancer. Yeah. You know, you feed into it, it's going to kill you, you know, mm-hmm. and you have to understand that negative people, there's no changing their, their mind. 
the best thing to do with negative people is to avoid them. Avoid, ignore, mm -hmm. and to better yourself, to prove them wrong. True. And because I'm telling you, when someone says something to you, they want a response. They Attention. negative people. See, when you're when you're hurt in life, there's two ways you can go about being hurt. You can hurt others or you can stop people from being hurt. True. Broken people, sometimes they pass the brokenness to see other people broken. And some of them say, no, because I was broken, I never want to be broken. I've been broken many times. Yeah. And because of me being broken many times, I don't want anyone to go through that. So what I do is where I find the opportunity for people, I give them that opportunity. Because I don't want people to suffer like I suffered. Because I really did. Other people, they like to pass it on. Mm -hmm. So they feel like, for example, they go to work, their boss mistreats them. They go online and they start yeah. being trolls. Mm -hmm. These people don't pay them attention. Avoid them by all because they will consume you. True. You're going to give a reply back to them. What are they going to do? They're going to reply yeah, back. Exactly. So why? Ignore. Ignore. Mute them. And just understand that you got their attention. And because of you got their attention means you have something that they don't have. True. That's because why you said you like the haters. I love the haters. Yeah. The haters make who I am. True. Without them, I might be nothing. 100%. Because I've pissed them off to a level that said, we can't reach him, so let's hate on him. <laughs> True. Yeah. Dubai Bling, you said there were a lot of scenes that they were cut. If you look at Dubai Bling, season one, and if you choose to remove one scene, which one it will be? People would think that I would want to remove the office scene, but yeah. I believe that that office scene is what made the show. Yes. So I and proudly, it's true. I proudly mm -hmm. carry it on my back because I didn't, I didn't fight. Yeah. I went there, I said what I had to say, and I left. Responded. When I turned my back, the fight happened, and I had to go to stop it, you know, because it was it was a fight of woman jealousy. Mm -hmm. You know, Zaina was obviously je yeah. jealous from Dania. Dania is beautiful, Emirati. She has everything made mm -hmm. for her. She has a loving, caring husband. Between ladies, they have this jealousy. So it was like, you know, who are True. you to come to my office and they attack, mm -hmm. you know? So Nothing me, was set up. At all. At all. It was it all. Real. You can see it over and over and over. Yeah. And you'll see that, you know, it was it was natural. natural. Especially, I'm not an actor. Yeah. I can be an actor, but I'm not. And I always try to push to be myself because it's a reality show. But after you watch season one, there was no any scene you want to get, take it off. It's a reality show. And you said, like, maybe this scene I better remove. I rather, I mean, I, I would like to remove other people's scenes. Yeah. <laughs> My own, I like it. Keep it. But uh, there's some people's scenes, not to mention names, not to throw shade, because we're all good yeah. now together. So I don't want any drama yeah. with anyone. Is like some of them are very, was very much cringy. Mm -hmm. And if you go onto TikTok, you will say that that, you know, that was cringy because it just seemed that they were pretending, you know, mm -hmm. and it's just like Generation Z can call out cringy things very well. True. They know who's exaggerating and who's not being true to who they are. And I, I would, would like to remove those scenes. Mm-hmm. If I will ask you, you got married recently, I believe, right? Yes. And you don't publicly talk about, but I heard or I read that you created a wedding that your wife or you found the things that she wanted and you did it. Can you tell us a little bit about it? So I was supposed to get married before the show. So me being on the show, one of my storylines was getting married. That's why they gave me a blind date with LJ. Ah, okay. Which mm. me and LJ till today laugh about. We both believe it was the most cringy day ever, yeah. but we believe that we deserve our our exposure because 
it was such a cringy date that no one can master a better cringy True. date than us, you know? It was True. funny because we were both awkward. It was like strange, totally, but yeah. it was like, but it was, it was iconic because it's yeah. like, it hasn't been done before. Yeah. I mean, people see romantic dates all True. the time. This was like, you know, what's going on, you know? But it was so funny. So that was supposed to get married. I ended up marrying a very, a person that was very close to me. She's my friend before. And I wanted, like my wife, she was like going back and forth because we had to film during that yeah. time. And I told her, like, we have to film in Dubai. And she's like, no, I'm from Abu Dhabi. The wedding is the place of the woman where, because mm-hmm. the wedding is for women, yeah. not for men. Yeah. Uh, Emirati style. Mm-hmm. So I said, you're right. So I had to negotiate with the production. You know, if you guys want the wedding on the show, you have to come to Abu Dhabi. I'm sorry. So I had to balance between that and I had to balance between actually arranging the wedding because mm-hmm. it was done by Forever Rose. Yeah. And I tried my best to create moments of of that were special to my wife and she did not see anything she was surprised to see it but right before the day the day of the wedding after i finished the yep. ballroom myself i made sure everything was fine i said let her to see it because i was afraid that she would yeah. start crying you know and we did i had to make sure That's she knows true. where to walk knows yeah. everything so she was so happy and what i did one of the beautiful touches was i took her childhood pictures mm-hmm. i took my childhood pictures and our wedding is in two parts. So the, the, the groom's invitees and the yep. bride's invitees. And we have the, the pictures starting from when we're babies until, you know, young no children and then, and then teenagers. And then on the on the in kosher. Sequential. In sequence. Ooh. So you can see her side, grow, meet her growing up and my side growing up. And it's all black and white. Like, wow. Think, until we actually met together and we are actually married. Whew, congratulations. So people, thank you. People said something, which is the wedding until today, they're talking about it, you know. You can spend $50 million on a wedding. Mm-hmm. You can spend a million dollars on a True. wedding. You can spend $100,000 on a wedding. Yeah. But the wedding comes down to the vibe. True. And the vibe is given off about how much the invitees love the bride or the True. groom. Mm-hmm. Alhamdulillah, the, my side loved me so much and her side loved her so, so much, much. And they both loved us for being and the vibe was so the true. vibe was yeah. there people were very helpful yeah. they were dancing with each other there was different yeah. nationalities it wasn't just Emiratis. true i had the whole american consulate they had their own table true. was there um i had people flew in from bangladesh uh, oman uh, it, it was it was such a mixed wedding and we had wedding crashers we let them to stay because oh. it was in the hotel the hotel find out that the babe ling was filming <laughs> i told my wife i told the manager of the hotel i said listen let them because if we're going to go inside escort them out we're going to feel bad. They're going to feel bad. It's yeah. going to, I said, let them all celebrate. No we're celebrating. We're wow. celebrating the ceremony of bringing uh, people together. So if you imagine this was like a hundred years ago, you know, let's say in some village, true. they're going to invite yeah, everyone. True. Yalla exactly. dance, yeah, whatever yeah, food exactly. is left over, you guys true. eat it. There's no need to say, wallah, wow. you're supposed to be invited. You can't eat from here. People are eating. They're happy. Let so the happy. vibe was amazing. Yeah. So it was supposed to be 400, became 500 some people. <sighs> If you were going to reflect on your journey, what's going to be your favorite failure? My favorite failure? Oh, never failed. So bad. Mm-hmm. But something that made you give you a good lesson that you always remember. You never had an idea. You're a visionary. You always have I ideas. Never, I, I, alhamdulillah, business-wise, mm-hmm. I never had a failed business. So I'm trying to remember like yeah. what, 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 what I do, which is a mistake, which I could. I mean, I think any mistake I should have opened more than nine shops when I was uh, when I was in when I started the shoes because I would have been 10 times richer than what I am today because I think that when you have the wave 
take uh, it more to the max take it to the max Love you know so even with the flowers i should have opened more locations mm-hmm. even though knowing that when the trend when the trend dies out or when more copies come yeah. you know but i guess so- someone can only do so much you know mm-hmm. so i think my only failure was not doing more leverage the yeah. trend yeah what was your proudest moment in your journey that you were so proud of it uh when i got my masters Mm-hmm. So I was the only one in my family to get my master's and I literally did it just for my dad because uh-huh. my dad, like he, he believes in education. So when I got my master's, I studied in London. So I was going back and forth to Bay London, to Bay mm-hmm. London, just to finish my master's at the University of Aberdeen and seeing my father like holding the, holding the degree. Yeah. For me, it's a piece of paper, oh, you know? Wow. Yeah. And But for him, he looked everything. at it and he's like, yeah. you know, it's so sweet. Also recently when I got married, yeah. this is my second marriage. Third marriage. Yeah. I got married first when I was 17. 17. Yeah. So I don't consider it marriage. Mm. But anyways, it was an actual official yeah. marriage. But seeing my dad happy, you know, because my dad, he's like, he keeps saying before he dies, he wants to see all his kids married. Yeah. You know, now he's pushing me for kids. <laughs> We're working on it. Coming. <laughs> Coming. <laughs> on the way. <laughs> We have a section here called the Alpha Quick Fires. Yes. Okay. So these are quick questions. I think I'm getting coffee for this one. Yep. <laughs> so I'll start. A person who influenced you the most in your life? My dad. A habit that contributed most to your success? Positivity. A favorite book that shaped your thinking? I hate books. Great. What's the first thing you do when you wake up in the morning? <laughs> I take my new supplement that I've been working on, which is NMN. Ooh. Literally, I have it next to my bed, take two tablets, I'm like, that's the beginning. That's the, the start. Are you a morning person or a night owl? I love mornings, mm-hmm. but I don't always... I'm not always to wake up. I'm not able to wake, wake up, up always in the morning. If you had to choose one forever rose color for the rest of your life, what it would be? Romantic red. Mm-hmm. Best business advice you've received? Location, location, location. Okay. A craziest business idea that you've ever had that didn't take off? Um, a cafe that was also a gaming app. So basically, mm-hmm. it's a game that you play and then... When you lose the game, then you play with other people in the, in the cafe, then they have to pay your bill. Oh, nice. But you try to implement it or not? I've been trying to work on it, but it's very difficult yeah. because I, I, I can't do half, mm-hmm. half-ass thing. You know? True. I need to do something like that is international, that is branded, that is... Because I can't, at, at this point, I can't put my name that company yeah, that yeah. has a high potential of failure. So therefore, I need to invest True. more and more time. One emoji to describe your feeling during, during a successful business deal. Emoji? Yeah, emoji. Like the one we talked before. <laughs> like the smiley faces yeah, and stuff? Yeah, yeah. Um, the one with the crying, uh, crying. happiness. <laughs> <laughs> Your go-to workout song? Go-to workout song? Um, yeah. I have it here on my playlist. I don't know the name. It's, uh, I think, a Turkish song. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, I don't know. I get a pump when I listen to it. No, not that one. Uh, No, not that one. What's the name? The name. I don't know if it's. It says re- Remix AKM. Uh huh. But it's a nice one. Listen, listen. Here you go. <laughs> Give me a pump. It's a very nice one. <laughs> I want to go to the gym right yeah. now. <laughs> What's your biggest inspiration in business? Like a person or like... A, yeah, like a person or, for example, a location or a place that gives you inspiration in business. To pay more. 
to buy oh <laughs> find opportunities <laughs> you know what's so funny is that you go to Bay Mall you do like because I have businesses in Dubai yeah. and I've been there for a long time yeah. it's not necessarily all the money that you actually think there's a lot of people walking around with no money mm-hmm. so don't always think that foot traffic would relate yes. would uh, result into sales yeah yeah so it's very very, nice. very tricky yeah. so if any person in the world would see Dubai Mall go to Dubai Mall any businessman they're like I will pay anything to be in this mall mm-hmm. but if you actually look at it more than 50% of businesses in the Dubai Mall are in the red. True. Why? Because traffic is not. Because the traffic, it doesn't always result into sales. Mm-hmm. And Dubai Mall is the place that you have to implement the concept of location, 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 location. location. Because Dubai Mall is a lo- good location, but where in Dubai Mall? It's You're talking, huge it's a huge place. difference. Yeah, true. And what product are you offering and where you're offering it? Because each product will do a different performance according to the location, location. where it is inside the mall. True. True. So, for example, if you have baby clothes, there's a section for baby clothes, and that's where it should be. Mm-hmm. For food, it needs to be in the food court. Food court. Can't put the food not somewhere else. It's not going to work. Location, People location, go. Location, location exactly. yeah. Are you a coffee person or a tea person? Coffee. Mm-hmm. Your favorite car brand? Mercedes. A favorite watch brand? AP. Your favorite hobby outside of your work? Gym. Gym. How do you define an alpha? Since we're on the alpha talks, See, what's an alpha? People and other people will determine alpha as someone being like strong and masculine and, yeah. and you know, period, mm-hmm. you know, courageous and, and courageous and, yeah. and everything. I think an alpha is someone with very, very high ethics. Mm-hmm. Because when you have ethics, unstoppable, you're unstoppable. True. Because you, you have your cards lined in the right place. I, anyone can claim to be alpha by roaring and being mm-hmm. you know, aggressive, whatever. But without ethics, you're not really a man. True. You know? True. Men should have ethics, should have mabadi. Mm-hmm. And they said, you know, like the Prophet said, Prophet Muhammad said that the best of men is the one who control themselves. True. You know? I love this definition. Yeah. What is next for Ibrahim? So What I just, are you working on? Yeah, so I'm working on um, the healthcare supplements. Yeah. Like I said, I want to kind of like find an exit man, strategy for my business. Man. A lot of industries you worked in. Yeah. So what is next? So health. Yeah. Health. I realized that we're in the age of everyone wants to perfect themselves. Everyone wants to look better. People come up to me all the time and says, Ibrahim, you want to be, how do we be you? Mm-hmm. You know, and how can we better ourselves and be more healthier and this and that? And I think there's definitely a market for that. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to do it because I wanted to be able to, to mass sell to other companies without micromanaging because mm-hmm. I'm tired of micromanaging yeah. and it's time for me to go to the next level. And I also want to open a company to advise people on how to open companies. And they have that thing where they say, wow. they say like, you know, if you can't do teach, I mm. can do, but I don't long, I no longer want to mm. do. I want to teach. True. So I think I'm, I'm best at my creativity. So people like when God has created mankind, I believe that Allah has made everyone to do something. So mm-hmm. some people are good at being yeah. doctors, True. police, pilots, whatever it is, depends on their genes. True. So when we actually find out what we're made to be, only then can we perfect what we do. And only then can we actually be the right, adding the right part to society. True. You know, a lot of reasons why some cities in the Middle East, I'm not going to mention names, mm. But some cities in the Middle East failed because they're working only on Wasta. People have a job mm, that they don't deserve mm-hmm. and they don't have any qualifications of having that job. Yes. Therefore, they cannot perform. They don't even like their job. They're just there for the salary. Yeah. So for me, after knowing myself and listening to myself and paying attention to what I'm perfect, 
perfecting mm. the most, I'm perfecting faith to believe. Perfect. So I can sit here, I can draw you a concept, I can draw you a brand, I can draw you an idea, I can even build you a city, mm-hmm. which now, what's his name? Uh, Kanye West is building a city uh, in Saudi Arabia mm-hmm, true. because Kanye is also a visionary. Yeah. He's seeing the city in his eyes and he's putting it on paper and telling graphic designers what to do. Mm-hmm. So I'm very good at creativity. So I want to, I want to either start my business for building companies being creative or I want to work with a government organization mm-hmm. to develop cities in the Middle East wow. based on my creativity and my expertise. Wow. And I'm even willing to work for free because you love that. I believe doing something I love is a lot better than doing something for money. Mm-hmm. Because if I create a city in my brain, which I have many times, yep. I, draw, I draw cities, I draw infrastructures, I draw buildings, so many things. If I'm able to create a city and that city can provide for 100,000 people, then I feel I've made myself into a legacy. But really fits you. Really fits you. Ibrahim, are you thinking to write about your story? A lot of people know Ibrahim from Dubai Blink. Yeah. But the story behind Ibrahim is quite long and it has a lot of, I would say like in business, it has a lot of meat behind yeah. Are you trying to write it? You I, tried it. To, I tried to summarize things for you. So there's a lot more details yeah, that happened course. to me. Um, so it's even more complex yeah. than what I explained yeah. to you. If the thing is, I'm, I'm planning to write a book, but I want the book to be as beneficial as possible to people reading it more of it being about rather than it being about me. Mm-hmm. Because people see me on my Instagram, they look at my Instagram, they think that I'm very self-centered mm-hmm. and conceited because of the way I look. Yeah. But I didn't choose to look this way. Mm-hmm. I take care of myself. Yeah. I'm confident with the way I look because I believe a man should be confident True. in his own skin. Yeah. So I would want the book to be more about people learning from my experience rather than it being me. So I need to word it. I need to find the correct person to help me to structure that. Yeah. Planning to do my book. It might take a few I months. I think but... it's worth doing. It's really yeah. think worth doing. If there is an entrepreneur watching us, what kind of advice you would give to young entrepreneurs? Purify your intention. Elaborate a little. Okay. Yeah. A lot of people enter into business and start business for the wrong reasons. They say they want to show off. They want. They they're lured by the by the fake lifestyle yeah. of certain influencers. Mm-hmm. They're lured by cars and materialistic things. So they want that because they believe that's going to bring them happiness, and they'll do anything to reach it. But yet, sometimes they do things unethically. They do True. things um, in a wrong way. They are tra- they are prone to doing things probably. Some things that might be illegal. Just to get what, the, what they see. Just to get what they see. And I think you need to purify your intentions. Open business for supporting your family. Open a business to bettering your community. Open a business to making your parents proud. Purify your intentions. Don't mm. just do it to get more friends or, or to get money. girls mm. or to get money. Because what you, if you do that and one point you get it, you're going to end up realizing that it's not worth it. Sure. And therefore, you did something wrong where you have to be accounted for one way or the other. And sometimes you do something illegal, take you a few years to catch up to you. True. And you have fake people around you. So you are, instead of in the positive, you're in the negative. Purify your intentions. Mm-hmm. Uh, as we say in Arabic, mm-hmm. I just translated it in English. Yeah, it takes longer. But you're doing it proper. You're building a foundation. True. You're building a structure. So 
I get opportunities all the time. Like, listen, I have this. We can sell it like this and we can make this much money. Mm-hmm. And you're going to have this much in your bank account in the next two weeks. No, thank you. <laughs> no, thank you. Do you have any hidden talents yes. or um, skills that nobody knows? Yes. Uh, what is it? <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> How do you make this? Sound? It's from inside. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you got scared, huh? <laughs> so That you, was a real one. <laughs> I tell you a funny story. So I I do this barking and just yeah. craziness, you know, just complete randomness. And I remember my my friends all love it. It's their favorite thing about yeah. me, you know, is Ibrahim Kelp. Kelp Phoenix. Okay. So I went to I was in I was in Capri, yeah. one of my very good friends that sells us the coffee machines. Mm-hmm. So her father owns the coffee company. Mm-hmm. So we're in Capri. Capri is one of the most yeah. beautiful destinations in Italy. Me and my mom and my friend. Mm-hmm. And my mom wanted to stay home, the, stay in the hotel. So we went out, me and her, and there's no cars there, huh? Mm-hmm. So we're walking and she's like, Ibrahim, I'm bored. I said, why? She's like, it's two o'clock in the morning. Yeah. There's all people in the street, mm-hmm. like, like in the hallways. Yeah. And it was during COVID. So we were wearing masks. She said, bark. I said, here in front of all these people. And it's like actually famous people and like rich and yeah, like yeah, prestigious. Capri, yeah. So I don't like to refuse any of my friends. I like. So we'll have Joe to yeah. make them to make them laugh, to make them enjoy. I'm just crazy. I love seeing people happy. I love it. So she said bark now. So I said, okay, I'm gonna bark, but because I'm embarrassed, I start running. No. <laughs> but I didn't think about it. Barking loud, running, I'm wearing a mask. People think actual dog yeah. is running. So those girls were running next to me, but they're running faster because the, la- yeah. the sound is getting <laughs> There's a real dog and here. And then they're running. And I'm running too and I'm barking. And they're looking left and right. Where's like, the dog? We hear him, but where's the dog? And they're completely scared. So my friend, she didn't come. So I'm like, where? So I was going back and she was standing like this. I said, what's wrong with you? She said, Take, we have to go back to the hotel room. I said, why? I peed my pants. I said, why? From laughing. I was like, when the girls were running and you're running with them and they don't know what they're running for and the dog sound is getting louder. She's like, I couldn't. I couldn't. But it was really accurate. Yeah. I also know how to cook, Ooh, but I don't like cooking. What's your favorite cuisine? Moroccan. Interesting. So my stepmother, mm-hmm. which is like my mother, yeah. very sweet lady, very sweet lady. I love her yeah. with all my heart. She taught me how to make Moroccan oh, food. Good. So I love like, because it's very healthy, like yeah, jeans and true, stuff. True, yeah. true, true, true. So I made my wife the first time she came to our house. Yeah. I made her Moroccan tajin. She was so happy. She was oh, like, wow. My husband is handsome. Yeah. Has nice body. He has business. He knows how to cook. I'm cook. She's like, I'm so lucky. <laughs> what should I need more? Bring what would be the last message you want to leave the audience with today? Be positive. Trust the process. Remember that life is a journey and not a destination. You're always going to have obstacles. And if your mother is alive, take care of her. Love that. And the last message from this podcast or show to your mom, what would It will be that no matter what I do for her, what I in this life, I can never repay her for being my mother. I love that. Brahim, we have a ritual in the Alpha Talks. Yeah. It's called the Alpha Talks Memoir. Okay. It's the Alpha guest has to do three things. Okay. Number one, after we finish uh, recording, you write your experience in the Alpha Talks. What was the experience? And the second is that you write a question to the next Alpha guest. They will not know that who wrote the questions, but it's okay. a way of making our alpha guests connect together and so i will uh, and the third one is who do you recommend to be an alpha guest that can add value to our audience so before moving to uh the end of the episode or the shooting 
There is a question from the okay. period. Are you ready? Yeah. So what challenge in your character you still want to fix? Which what? Challenge. Like it looks like I don't want to say a challenge, but something that you don't like in your character that you want to fix. Um, mm. I think I need to find a way mm-hmm. to remove this stereotype mm-hmm. that I'm arrogant because I'm not. I 100%. listen. I listen. I um, I believe I used to be when I was younger. Yeah, but I think life has taught me a lesson for me to listen and to understand. So I, but the arrogance mm-hmm. that people are assuming is basically from social media. Yeah. It's the way I take photos or videos mm-hmm. or whatever. And I need to find a way how to fix that character so people can stop thinking that I'm arrogant. Because what I get is people meet me and they're like, "You're totally different." Yeah, we love mm-hmm. like what is like we thought something and we got something else true all the time it happens to me every time people telling me this so like your instagram and dubai bling does not do you justice but i believe that, and it's everyone it wasn't just like a few people it's Mm. many people but i think that you do this in response to people you can be an arrogant but in response to people right no it's just just who i am you know it's honestly who i am i'm very i'm very clear if i'm upset you can see see it i cannot fake it i don't have that People don't understand. I'm Arab, but I'm born. I'm, I mean, I'm raised True, in America. Yeah. I'm a very much American mentality. Yeah. We don't have that sell you with beautiful words. Mm. Like it's, even my wife, she complained. She's like, "Why don't you always say nice things to me?" I'm mm-hmm. like, "Listen, I say nice things when it's when it's, when needed. it's needed. When I have to. When I feel it. When you're wearing something nice that I love and mm. well, that's beautiful. Yeah. I'm, not, I'm not gonna say nice things just to let you hear it. Mm-hmm. That's not me. But do you stereotype people? I used to. Mm-hmm. What I do is I stereotype people. I used to stereotype people and I used to pass the judgment and listen to the judgment before I actually see them. Oh, okay. This was like, mm-hmm. I'm talking like yeah. 15 years ago. Yeah. But I then I stereotype people now. I know what they want. I know what's the outcome, but you wait until I wait until they show me because I don't want to misjudge them. I don't like, for example, someone comes to me like, ah, oh, Brahim, Brahim, Brahim. I know this person is coming to cheat me. And I give them all the benefit, the benefit of the doubt. I give them all respect. I listen to them. I give them like as if they're an honest person. Mm-hmm. But I always prove that I was right. And I laugh. But you give them the benefit. But I don't let them feel that I know what they're doing. Yeah. I don't let them to feel that I already anticipated what they want. I give them the chance because I believe that I could misjudge. Because people misjudge me all the time. True. True. So who am I not to accept? Or if I going to stereotype miss stereotype everyone then i should accept people miss stereotyping me 100 percent brahim thank you very much i loved the talk i loved the conversation thank you for coming and i hope you enjoyed the conversation as well i did it was fine thank you very much thank you that wraps another inspiring episode of today's show I hope that this episode has ignited your inner alpha and left you feeling inspired, motivated, and ready to conquer any challenge that comes your way. Remember, alphas aren't born, they're made. It isn't about dominating others. It's about embracing your authenticity, leading with integrity, and making a positive impact on the world. If you enjoyed today's episode, be sure to subscribe to the Alpha Talks on your favorite podcast platform. Leave us a review and share the podcast with your fellow alphas. Also connect with us on social media at Safer Hakim. Share your thoughts, insight, and stories of personal and business growth with us. Let's create a movement of alphas supporting one another. 
the world needs more alphas like you exactly. Until next time, stay bold, stay driven, and stay alpha.